First news with Keeler in the morning on WIBX and WIBX950.com. Dr. Kent Hall standing by on the line right now. Doc, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. If anybody has any questions of uh, Dr. Hall, 315-736-0186. I think when we, uh, we left you on Friday, you were looking at uh, six COVID positive at, the, uh, at MVHS. Does that remain the same, up or down? We're up a little, so we're up to eight COVID positives now. Uh, of those, uh, two have been fully vaccinated, and six have been six are unvaccinated. Mm. Uh, does this surprise you? Because last year we really were in September, and we were down to really almost no cases. And it wasn't until October and into November that we started to see an, an increase. Well, it, it doesn't surprise me as much because if you remember last, at this time last year, everybody was wearing masks everywhere. And right. really, we're, we're not in that space anymore. And so, you know, you can only imagine what it would have been like. It would have been, you know, what, what it would have been like if we had been doing, uh, if we had been without masks last year at, at, at this time. It would yeah. have been that much worse because we wouldn't have the vaccinations that, that, that we do, it would have been slightly better than it was in the winter because everybody would, be, would have been, or a lot more people would have been outside, but it would have been pretty bad. So, no, this is, this is kind of what you expect given what's going mm-hmm. on with the, with the new variant and the, and, and the fact that, you know, we feel very confident in the, in the data that shows that even if you are vaccinated, uh, it can still reside within your nose. Uh, you may very well be infected, but you won't have symptoms or significant symptoms. But, you know, it does, um, it is, it grows very well. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, it does, uh, therefore, it does allow for spreading even in those that are vaccinated. Have we learned to, the, to uh, how to deal with the virus, though, at this point? Have we learned that um, uh, hospitals like yourself, um, your institution, uh, have we learned how to deal with it differently to the point where we don't have to react exactly the same way we reacted in the springtime a year ago? Yeah, so we are, we are certainly learning. We, we have certainly learned a lot about how, how to manage people who are ill, uh, both in terms of different medications that are now available that weren't available at the time, old medications that we didn't understand how useful they would be for this, and, and we do now. So there's a lot that we have learned in terms of taking care of uh, people. So, so, so you're absolutely right there. Um, you know, but we, there, there's still more to learn, and obviously we do not have that silver bullet that we're looking for for people who would get infected that we could give them a pill or an IV yeah, uh, solution yeah. or something that would actually uh, fight the virus off so that they would not get significantly sick. Um, you know, other than the monoclonal antibodies, which are are still useful uh, even in the um, even with the uh, variants. I want to go to Bonnie in New Hartford with a uh, question for you, Doc. Bonnie, you're on with Doctor Hall. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother w- had uh, the flu shot a number of years ago and had a very bad reaction to it, and she asked her doctor about the COVID vaccine and was told not to get it. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. So, the, you know, it depends on what she was reacting to with the flu shot. If she was reacting to the, to the vehicle that the flu shot was in, um, then we would need to look at what that was relative to the vehicle that the, that the, um, uh, that the uh, 
uh, COVID vaccine um, is in, because then I, then I would say that the doctor is absolutely correct. If, on the okay. other hand, it was a reaction to the, to the, the native um, uh, flu injection, which is really done, you know, on an egg-based product, uh, and obviously the messenger RNAs are, are not that, and that's what she was reacting to, then I would say that, you know, that there isn't any real indication that she would have issues getting the, getting the uh, COVID uh, vaccine. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, Bonnie. Thank you. I appreciate you. it. Thank, thank you, you so much. All right. Uh, what do you say to? Uh, I mean, there are a lot of people out there right now that are that are thinking this as we speak. That uh, the virus only affects a small amount of people. Um, we've learned that up to this point. We don't need to go overboard and overreact again. Uh, maybe even masks is considered going overboard and overreacting once again. What do you What do you say to people that are are Definitely saying that right now. Yeah, no, no, they are, and you know, I, I would say that you know, the it depends on what you, depends on how you define small number of people. I mean, if if you're that person, then the end is one hundred percent, and you know, that's that's a big thing for you. Um, you know, we, what we do know about this disease: number one is that you know it is highly contagious. Um, number two is that. You know, the, the majority of people that get infected will have minor, minor symptoms. Uh, the, there are a significant minority that will have significant symptoms, and those significant symptoms could get you in the ICU and could actually kill you. Um, and you don't know who that person or persons are going to be, so you need to think that, you know, that could be you or that could be your loved one. Um, the other thing that I would say, and again, things that we've learned, is uh, long COVID is real. Um, long COVID affects you whether you have uh, minor symptoms or whether you have significant symptoms. Um, and long COVID lasts for, <laughs> lasts for a long time, hence the name. Um, and so, you know, there, there, are, there are dangers to this and there are discomforts to it and there are really bad things that happen. Um, and, and I can't tell you from looking at you whether you're going to be one of the people who's going to be perfectly fine or whether you're going to be one of the people that's going to die or wherever you are in the middle. You as an N of one, I really can't give you – I can give you statistics based on populations, but I can't tell you what's going to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I would say to anybody who comes to me and talks to me. I said, well, what do you think is going to happen to you? Because it isn't like you're going to be – you know, 1% dead. You're either going to be dead or not dead, you know, and, and that's, that's the kind of have to, that, that we have to really, uh, or the, the, those are the kind of conversations that we really have yeah. to have with the people. Uh, John is in New Hartford. John, you're on with Dr. Hall. Good morning. Yes, um, I had a, a quick question. Um, if you're seeing, if you're COVID, COVID positive and uh, you go to your doctor and they, they send you home, are you uh, treating them with any therapies such as Regeneron or Ivermectin or hydrochloroquine or anything? Yeah, so at, so at this time, you know, unless you're having, unless you have significant comorbidities, uh, then uh, Regeneron really is not uh, recommended. Um, as far as the ivermectin and uh, hydrochlorothiazide or uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine, uh, there really isn't any uh, any benefit that we can see for that for people that have uh, minor infections. 
or seem to have uh, minor symptoms related to an infection. Uh, and so basically it's really just, you know, taking good care of yourself, making sure that you're drinking plenty of fluids, obviously staying away from people um, is really the, the best thing for, for now. But aren't those therapies being used now to, uh, to stem the, the, the virus before it gets to, the, to that point? I mean, doesn't it, if you don't use therapy uh, when somebody is sick, and then it escalates, uh, why wouldn't it be advantageous to use those, those, uh, those drugs? So certainly, again, if you're talking about the Regeneron, then, then yes, you know, if you, are, if you have, that's why it is specifically indicated for people that have, you know, significant co- comorbidities, even if they're only mildly ill, because you want to keep them from, from uh, getting sick. As far as the ivermectin and the uh, hydroxychloroquine, at this time there's no indication that it is beneficial uh, whether you're mildly ill before you get exposed or otherwise. And so really, you know, uh, offering, uh, offering a, a, a medication for something that really doesn't show benefit uh, really is not what we're about. Let me ask you if I was if, if I was found to be sick and I wanted to be treated with those therapies, um, uh, would I be able, would I be able to do to do that? Well, that's a conversation that you would have to have with your with your primary care provider or with the physician who was who was uh, consulting with you. Um, you know, I, I can tell you that if you if you're asking me as an emergency doc, if you came into my emergency department. I would explain to you that, you know, just as I don't uh, prescribe medications that don't have any benefit if you had, you know, uh, a sprained ankle or, you know, something like that, I I really would not uh, offer any uh, medications that don't show uh, benefit. And, John, just if I could uh, add a a little clarification on hydroxychloroquine, that is a drug that President Trump was taking before he got COVID. Um, He got COVID. Regeneron, a steroid, and uh, some other drugs were used, but I don't believe hydroxychloroquine was used to treat President Trump. No, I, I think That's he took it as a therapy prior. He took it as a therapy prior and ended up still getting it. So yeah, but he but he didn't have the symptoms as long. It was he, he was out very quickly. Uh, but that uh, that's debatable. I got to tell you, I think there was more to that story that came out. But anyway, um, I, I you know. Uh, there's your answer from Dr. Hall. Okay, thank you. Thank right, thanks. Um, Patty, because there's, there are new details out that say the president was, was gravely ill with COVID, um, and that Regeneron and a couple of those other drugs were used by his physician, um, and that's what was being credited with, uh, with treating him. Doc, am I correct with that? Yeah, in the media reports that I've seen that have come out in the last, I think, month or so, yeah, that's that's what that's my uh, uh, reading of them also. Uh, and Patty in Whitesboro, you're on. Uh, last question for Dr. Hall. Hi, oh, doctor. Um, I was I heard that the the nurses um, at the hospitals aren't required to get a um, a vaccination, and why is that, and how can that be? So yeah, so Patty, that's that's a great question. So we are not so we by we I mean the Mohawk Valley Health System does not currently uh, require any of our staff to get uh, to be uh, vaccinated. We don't require it against the flu, nor do we require it for for uh, COVID. Um, you know that is a that is a decision that we that we look at on a on an ongoing basis to make sure that that it is still the right decision. But at this point in time. 
we are not. I, I, I will say that we have, you know, 70-plus percent of our, of our uh, staff overall have been uh, vaccinated, uh, and a significant percentage of a slightly higher percentage, I don't have the exact number, of those that are patient-facing, so nurses, doctors are are uh, vaccinated. So we feel like we've done a pretty good job in terms of getting getting people uh, vaccinated within the within the health system. All right, Patty, you want to add to that, or you're you... no? I'm just really surprised. But okay, thank right. you anyway, Doctor. You're doing a great job. Thank you. All right, Patty. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, Mary in Ilian. Good morning, Mary. You're on with Doctor Hall. Hi. Good morning, Doctor Hall. I um, was wondering uh, what your opinion would be on. If a person has recovered from COVID, they have natural immunity. My understanding was that having recovered and having the antibodies from the natural immunity is, is equivalent to the immunity you get, or maybe even better, from the vaccine. Is that true? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. A great question, Mary. So. Uh, what I would say is that uh, certainly if you have recovered from it, then you do have the immunity. Um, it does seem to last for a fairly long period of time. Um, the immunity does wane over time for the natural uh, um, infection. However, when you start talking about the variants, if you, if you were infected last year, uh, and you now and you're now exposed to the delta variant, then that immunity is not nearly as good against the delta variant. Whereas when you look at the vaccines, um, the immunity against the delta variant uh, for the uh, vaccines for making for you getting significantly ill and ending up in the hospital is much better. Again, another reason why even if you have gotten even if you have been um, natural, it is very important for you to to get the uh, vaccine as well. All right, all right, uh, Mary. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I uh, have Rick here saying the vaccine is 100% effective. There are breakout infections. Birth control is not 100%. Should we stop using it? Um, Okay, understand the point. Manaski. Uh, Roger's asking, and it's kind of follow up to what we just said here. Do you know, is there a percentage, Doc, how likely you are to get the variant if you've been fully vaccinated? I haven't seen data that shows that. I think that we will probably have a better idea of that in the next, uh, I would say, month or so uh, as, as the labs that are doing the genomic uh, surveillance are be better able to say this is the percentage of people that have, uh, that have the new Delta variant, and oh, by the way, this is the percentage that were vaccinated pre and post. But right now we're still basically gathering that data. Uh, and I keep telling you it's your last one, but uh, this will be the last one because I'm out of time. Linda, you're the last in here in Clinton. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, question, quick question for Dr. Hall. What is the definite confirmed amount of time that the ADE antibody-dependent enhancement reaction can be ruled out for the COVID vaccine? So in general, they are, uh, you're, you're talking usually about three to four weeks. Um, there have been very, very minor uh, or, or small numbers that have that have been thought to be related to the uh, vaccine that have gone beyond that, but really it's about three to four weeks. All right. Okay, Linda, thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. Uh, you're on fire today. I could take more, but uh, we're out of time. Doc, we'll do it again later in the week. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. Please be safe. Have a yeah. great week. You do the same.